Would you take your Bibles and uh, turn with me to the book of Genesis? And uh, we're going to turn to chapter 9. We're going to combine chapter 8 and chapter 9. We're journeying through the book of Genesis on Sunday mornings. And we're coming to the 8th and ninth chapter of the book of Genesis. And um, I have on the screen that we'll begin in verse 11, but I believe what we'll do that we'll begin in verse 9. And so would you stand with me? Chapter 9, and we're going to begin in verse 9. And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you. I want you to notice as we reading these passage of scriptures of the number of times the word covenant appears. In a matter of about... Uh, uh, eight or nine verses of scriptures here, we're going to uh, see the word covenant at least six or seven times. And so that is a key, key word as we study this passage of scripture. So let's go back to verse nine again. And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be When I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud. And I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Father, I am so grateful that you have made a covenant with your people. That covenant, a promise, a memorial, is a reminder of us, of not only your judgment, but also of your mercy. And we see that so well displayed throughout the scriptures, but especially in the life of Noah 
and his people. Father, we pray that you will remind us today of your mercy and of your grace. And Lord, that we will be moved by that very attribute. And Lord, that our hearts will grow in your grace and that we will mature in our faith and in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Pray that you will anoint the preaching of your word and ask, dear Lord, that Jesus Christ may be exalted because I'm reminded, as the Scripture teaches, that if I am lifted up, all men shall be drawn unto me. And that's my prayer today. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in June of this year, I was in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, we were at the Southern Baptist Convention. And I remember this one particular day, there was a terrible, terrible storm that had come up. Lightning and thunder and rain. And then all of a sudden, after the storm, the sun came up. And all the sun was so bright. And as I was looking there at the arch over there in St. Louis, Missouri, there was this beautiful, beautiful rainbow. I took a picture of it. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but you'll see the rainbow in comparison to the arch. Beautiful. And, and I could not get the picture, but it was in a faded way. There was a double rainbow. Have you ever seen a double rainbow? Beautiful rainbow. Not too long ago, there in Norfolk, there was another storm that had come up. And after the storm, there was this beautiful rainbow that appeared. And I thought it was so beautiful there over the the ships there and over the harbor, the rainbow. One of the blessings of God that he has given to us, the rainbow. And we're going to talk about the rainbow today and of how God has used the rainbow as a covenant, as a reminder to each and every one of us. Now, we've come to the point, as last week, that the completion of the flood. We remember that for 120 years, Noah had preached, and he had preached, and he had built an ark, the Bible said. And there, he had prepared an ark, as a way of escape from the judgment of God by the leadership of God himself. And now, after as I best as I can tell, after those 40 days and 40 nights of rain, there the waters began to continue to rise at least 22 feet of the highest mountains that was there on the face of the land. And as best I can tell in the scriptures that Noah and his family and the animals were in that ark for one year and ten days. 
the judgment has ceased. And now the sun has has risen. And now all of a sudden there is a rainbow. I want you to look at these passages of scriptures in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. See, there's a lot of people today don't believe that there was a historical account of those particular days of the flood. But I'm reminded of what Peter said. He says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, now I want you to notice verse 5 and 6. For this they will fully forget. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. So, here we began to see there's old Noah there in that ark. Possibly for a year and ten days. Now he's coming to the end of that ark. I mean, coming to the end of that terrible, terrible experience, I'm sure, there in that ark. And so he begins, as you go back to chapter 8, and you begin to notice in chapter 8 and verse 7, he sends out a raven to see if there is dry land. And the raven never came back. And then you go back and look in verse 8, and he sends out a dove. And the Bible says there in verse 8 that the dove found no rest. And the dove came back and then in verse 9, the Bible talks about that the dove returned. And then look in verse 10 in chapter 8. The dove was sent out the second time and the dove returns in verse 11. And there's an olive leaf there in the mouth of that dove. Reminding that the flood has subsided. Reminding that it's a time that they're able to come out of that ark and to begin to experience new life. This is a picture of rest as you study this Bible. It's a picture of judgment. But it's a picture of peace that God has now delivered to the life of of this very one by the name of Noah into the world. The concluding verses of chapter 8, Noah is found, you'll notice there in verse 20, where they build an altar and they make an offering unto the Lord. Now we come to chapter 9. There in chapter 9, we see at least seven times the Bible talks about that God makes a covenant with Noah. He says, I establish my covenant. The word covenant is an interesting word. It's an agreement. It is one that is coming together with another party and saying, I have made an agreement with you. 
Now, there's several times as you'll go back into the Bible and you'll find that God has made several covenants. I'm reminded of what God said to Abraham. He says, I make a covenant with you. I will bless those that will bless you and I will curse those that will curse you. So he makes a covenant with Abraham. And then, of course, I'm reminded of when he made a covenant with King David. And he told King David that there would be someone in the line to reign eternally on the throne of Israel through the lineage of David. And we saw that even through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that will be fulfilled until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, he made a covenant with Israel. He says, I give you a land, and that land shall be yours. But have you noticed that even in that covenant of how Satan has tried to take their land away from them, constantly battling that? But here we find a covenant that God has made with Noah in chapter 9. There's three things, as I want us to talk about today, about that covenant. Three things I want us to talk about of that of the testimony that it gives to us. First of all, you go back to verse 12 of chapter 9, and listen to what the Bible says. It says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign, underline that, a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. The rainbow. The rainbow is a token. It is a picture. It is a covenant that God made with Noah and he's made with you and I today. The word covenant is a a sign. It's a signal. It's a token. It's a testimony. It's an agreement. It's a monument. And every time you see that rainbow, my friend, It is a reminder that God has made a monument for you and I to see of the covenant that he made with Noah and you and I today. Now, when you look at the rainbow, what do you see? Well, we see the different colors and we, we, we admire the beauty. We, we are astonished of how long and great it is. But I think that that rainbow has several significant viewpoints. And I think it has some wonderful attributes that reminds us of the God that we serve today. First of all, I am reminded of, as I look at that rainbow, as a picture of the holiness of God. 
when I look at that rainbow, I am reminded that one of the greatest attributes that the Bible ever describes God is the attribute of holiness. Sometimes you would ask somebody and says, what do you think the greatest attribute of God is? And they say, well, it's love. God is love. But my friend, if you'll go back and study the Bible, the Bible will remind you that the greatest attribute of God is that he is holy. I'm reminded of Isaiah there as he went into those chambers of the Holy of Holies and there he heard cry out, He is holy, holy, holy. And oh, my friend, I want to remind you, He is holy today. And therefore, there comes within me a tremendous amount of fear and respect when I come before a holy God. Because when I think about the holiness of God, it means that He is righteous. He is pure in character. That He is holy and therefore, Fred, He cannot, He cannot allow sin to go unjudged. We see that. You go back to Genesis chapter 6 and we'll find that where there was where the people were sinful. And they would not repent. And the Bible says, because of the holiness of God, God poured out judgment upon the world. Holy. The sinfulness of man. The refusal of repentance. I find it interesting. We were discussing this uh, among our staff just before... uh, we came together in worship service this morning and I thought about this today. Isn't it strange that the homosexual symbol is the rainbow? I wonder if they really truly understand what that rainbow represents. I wonder if they really truly understand that it represents God's holiness and because of His pure character, He has to judge sin. But I see something else that it's a picture of. Not only the picture of His holiness, but it's a picture of His goodness. When I think about that rainbow, I'm reminded of what the scripture says in Romans chapter 11. In verse 22, it says, Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness and the severity of God. Every time there was judgment to come, God always gave a warning. And he not only gave a warning, but he always gave a provision to escape that judgment. And my friend, I think about the goodness of God. God warned the people for 120 years that judgment would come and that rain would come and that it would judge the earth. But he also made a provision. He built the ark. The ark was not just for Noah. It was for anyone that would be willing to repent and to be willing to go God's way. My friend, I'm reminded of 
the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds me of the holiness of God. It reminds me the judgment of God. But it also reminds me of the goodness of God. That God has made a provision. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the goodness of God. That he would be willing to make a provision for us in the midst of judgment. And we see that so clear here today. But I see something else. Not only is a picture of the holiness of God, the goodness of God, but also the kindness of God. Oh, when I look at the rainbow, I see his kindness. Now, I want to remind you some seven times God says, I will make a covenant with you. Was somebody twisting God's arm to make a covenant with man? But it was because of the kindness of God. That he is willing to make a covenant with us. And oh, my friend, has that covenant not been fulfilled? Oh, friend, remember that God makes promises. Promises that he will not fail. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He says, I'll stick closer to you than a brother. Oh, the goodness of God. But I think about not only of the promises that he makes, that he will not forget us, but the promises of the things that he will forget. Think about Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, what? I will remember no more. Man, if that doesn't put a, 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 an amen or a shout in your, in your heart, there's something wrong with your heart. Because, friend, I want to remind you, God said, I'm willing to take your sins, and I'm willing, because of my kindness, to cast it as far as from the east to the west. I am willing to take those sins and cast them behind my back and to never, ever, ever remember them again. All the kindness of God. See, the devil wants to remind you of your sins. You come before the Lord and you ask for His forgiveness. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ. He washes you. He cleanses you. He makes you whiter than snow. He takes those sins, casts them as far as from the east to the west. And God says, I remember them no more. But then the devil comes along the next day and says, Oh, you remember this? You remember that? See, God doesn't do that. That's the work of Satan to want to drag you and to discourage you in the midst of what God wants to bless you with. But not only. 
the holiness of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God. When I look at that, that, that beautiful rainbow, I'm reminded of the faithfulness of God. We sung about that. The faithfulness of God. God says every time it comes a rain, when the rain is over, I will put a rainbow in the sky. And to be a reminder to never ever again to destroy this earth with water. It's been thousands of years. And God has fulfilled his promise, has he not? This earth will be destroyed one day, but it will not be by water. It will be by fire. But God made a promise. Thousands of years ago, God made a promise. And the faithfulness of God. So every time I see that rainbow, I see it as a token of God's holiness, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's kindness. And oh, how it blesses my heart and encourages my walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's go one step further. Not only does the rainbow is a, is a token, but also the rainbow is a testimony. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 14 and 15. And it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all the flesh. What does the rainbow say to us? You're riding down the road. Just come through a storm and all of a sudden the sun comes out and you look over the mountains or the hills and you see this beautiful, beautiful rainbow. What does it say? I think it's a testimony that tells us that storms will come. That there are storms in life. Has anyone in here today have not gone through a storm or have come from a storm or that has experiencing a storm today? All of us, sometime or another, have gone through some type of storm. And all how those storms can be very, very discouraging and heartbreaking. It could be a storm of sickness. You go to the doctor's office and he gives you the sad news as he uses the big C word. Or it could be a storm of death. A loved one that you have cherished all your life and all of a sudden has gone out into eternity and left you all behind. Could be a storm where a child has rebelled against his parents. And all those waters are raging. And those waters are fierce. 
And those waters are singing to sink you right there in the mist. I think about Noah and his experience. Can you imagine probably what went on during those that year and ten days? I can't imagine there being hemmed up in that casket-looking type of uh, boat called an ark. Oh, can you imagine of how those were days where the winds blew, the thunder cracked, and the lightning began to, to shine and flash before that ark. Can you imagine of how he may have probably got a little seasick at times? Oh, friend. That rainbow reminds me that there are going to be storms. And there are going to be storms in life. Heard about this old boy. He went to, uh, went through a terrible, terrible experience of the Johnstown flood. And he was one of the few that escaped. And, uh, oh, he, all he wanted to talk about was the Johnstown flood. And oh, he, he, he became almost obnoxious of talking about the Johnstown flood and how he had experienced the Johnstown flood. One day he went on to be with the Lord in glory. And they had their assembly. And he said, I'd like to share my experience about the Johnstown flood. And, Old Peter says, well, you certainly can share that experience. He said, but you're the second speaker. You speak right after Noah. (laughs) Friend, I want you to understand, we all go through storms. And the storms of life is real. And that rainbow reminds us of that very thing. I think about... Paul, there in the prison cell. I think about the times that he was beaten. I think about the times that he had experienced hardship. All the storms came into his life. But there was a rainbow. I think about of all that his experiences brought forth almost... Most of the New Testament epistles. Then I think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Leaving the glories of heaven. Where he was worshipped, admired. Where he was honored and glorified. And he comes into a sin cursed world. All the storms that the Lord Jesus experienced. And I think about there when he was there on the cross. Of Calvary. The storm of all storms. The raging wrath of God falling upon him. I think about him as there as he was in that Gethsemane garden. Knowing the storm that was ahead of him. But yet was willing. But oh, look at the rainbow. Had it not been for the cross, there would not have been that open grave. Had it not been for the cross, there would not have been that Christ that had conquered death and hell and conquered the grave itself. 
But oh, friend, I want you to understand. It's not only a testimony that there are storms, but it's a testimony that there's a rainbow in those storms. One of these days, one of these days, God's going to explain the reason behind those storms. We may not know the reason behind those storms today, but one of these days, I'm reminded of the scriptures of Revelation chapter 4, verse 3. I want you to listen and read this with me. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in the appearance like an emerald. Now, I want you to notice something very careful about that passage of Scripture. It says, and there was a rainbow around the throne. See, when we look at a rainbow today, it reminds us of the storms of the day. We only see half of it. We only see a part of it. There are situations in life that we don't understand at all. But my friend, there's coming a day where there's going to be a rainbow full where you want to know it all. And you're going to understand why you went through the storm that you went through. All that rainbow. One day, As Paul Harvey said, God will tell the rest of the story. Amen. But there's a third thing I want you to see. Not only a rainbow is a token. The rainbow is a testimony. But a rainbow is a type. Look what the Bible says in verse 16 of chapter 9. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. The flood, the rainbow in the cloud. The Bible says it's a type, it's a picture, it's a beautiful, remarkable parallel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of his death, burial, and resurrection. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8 reminds us that He says that he talks about the manifold of the grace of God. The manifold. The word manifold is a picturesque word. It's a variegated word. It literally means that it's colored grace. Many different colors, many different purposes, many different views of the grace of God. When I think about the ark, I see a twofold picture. I see judgment, but I also see mercy. 
The Bible tells us today that that bow there after the flood was taken, that God says, I will seal my covenant with the rainbow. When God put the rainbow in the cloud, God sealed the covenant that he had made with Noah and all of mankind. Now, when Jesus Christ died there upon the cross, and there he shed his blood, the Bible says that when you come and that you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you're sealed by his blood. You are washed. You are cleansed. I'm reminded of what the hymn writer said, that he sealed my pardon with his blood. How do I know I'm saved? With the storms of life and things that threatens me, how do I know I'm saved? I'm saved because I'm sealed By his blood. And nothing can undo that. When I look at the cross, I see a rainbow in the sky. Because three days later, the Bible says, Jesus rose up from the grave. And he came forth with the keys over death and hell and the grave. When the flood came on the earth, it was a display of holiness. It displayed wrath, but it also displayed mercy. When that dove came back, and there he had that olive leaf, God was saying, it's mercy time now. All is become new now. Isn't that what the Bible says? That when we come to know Christ, that we become a new creature, and old things pass away, and all things become new. The holy wrath of God was poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ there upon that cross, just like. The holy wrath of God was poured out upon that ark as it was in the midst of judgment. And yet there was mercy. Noah and his family experienced mercy. I remember when I was young, younger, I, uh, right after Brenda and I was married, I was, uh, a volunteer fireman. And I remember some of the things that we were trained to do when we were a volunteer fireman. And especially if there was a forest fire. That one of the things that I remembered was that where the fire has already burned, that was the safest place to be. Because it can't burn twice. And when I thought about that, I thought about the cross. The fire of the holiness of God's wrath fell upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my friend, judgment was taken place as he died for you and me. And so, friend, the safest and the greatest place is to stand at the cross because the fires have already been burned. Oh, my. 
But there's something else that I find that's interesting about a rainbow. A rainbow reminds me of a bow and arrow. An arrow that protrudes from that bow to his target. But there's no more, there's no error in the rainbow. The error of judgment has already been taken place. The rainbow of God's judgment penetrated the very heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I look at that rainbow. It is without the error, reminding me of peace, grace, mercy, love, all that I can think of all the many attributes of God. Heard about a man and his little daughter was riding down the road one day. And it was right after a storm. And there, a beautiful rainbow. And the father looked at the little girl and says, look at the rainbow. You do know God painted that rainbow. She says, oh, yes. But he did it with his left hand. So what do you say he did it with his left hand? So it's because Jesus is sitting on his right hand and he couldn't do that. <laughs> Next time you see a rainbow, I trust that you'll see it different than you've ever seen it before. Because God has given us mercy. You're here today, my friend. Never experienced the mercy and the grace of God. The place to come is to the cross. Come to the cross. Come where there's a place of provision, a place of escape, a place of forgiveness, a place of cleansing. I encourage you to do that today. Would you stand with me and bow your head? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your precious word. And oh, dear Lord, we thank you for the rainbow today. And we ask you, dear Lord, that we might experience that blessing of forgiveness and grace which we have through the cross. But Lord, we pray for those that who have never come to the cross, that today that they would experience it with all the fullness and love of God being protruded in their life. In Jesus we pray.